Welcome to The Notorious Scoundrels, a Star Wars Legion podcast bringing you the latest news, general perspective, and competitive discussion. Hello and welcome back to The Notorious Scoundrels podcast. I'm Kyle. I'm here with Jay and Mike Barry. What's up, gentlemen? Hey, hey, hey. Well, the boys are back. That's what I hear. Where are they? <laughs> this, uh, the the original scoundrels here here they are yeah yeah so so mike uh for those that don't know was with us uh, all the way back to when we started doing this what i guess five years ago now roughly? yeah so yeah 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 so it was uh 2018 so i think you guys we started in august and then i think you guys started in september yeah, so not quite five years, but close. But yeah, really close. Yeah, it was a long, long time ago in a game far, far away. Yes, <laughs> yes, yeah. That game was... Well, you guys were writing for the blog, right? And then uh, Kyle, there was never tell me the odds blog. Yep. And and then Mike was writing for you, and I I had Kyle on the Fifth Trooper podcast because I had found his tool in the in the blog. And then I think what was it? Shortly after that, you and after that, you and I were talking, and you're like, "Hey, I, I might want to start a podcast." And I was just like, "I'll help. Let's go. Let's yeah. do it." <laughs> yeah, basically, it was like uh, several people approached me, and they're like, "Hey, how come no one's doing a competitive podcast for Legion?" And I'm like, "I don't know. That's a good yeah. question." <laughs> um, so then I'm I asked Jay, I'm like, uh, "What do I do? Like, how do I get started?" And you were like. Um, you ask me, <laughs> and, then, and then we, and then we do it together. That's how we get started. It's like okay, yeah. So, yeah, best decision was... I ever made. Yeah. Those were those were the days of us just like talking, and Jay would just like hide behind a curtain and and listen the whole time. Yep. <laughs> yeah, there was because yeah, there was a long time because uh, we didn't have Zoom back then. We, didn't, no, we did not. No. Uh, and recording was a little bit more complicated, and so like. Uh, yeah, so it was basically me just uh no camera, no audio, just like off in the like zoning out, like reading stuff while you guys were talking, like half paying attention. And then uh yeah, and then it as it moved on, I started talking a little bit more and adding stuff, and then we rotated into just the three of us, and then we rotated into a uh, into the third that was always rotating, and and Mike's back, and it's great. Hey, hey. Yeah, yep. very exciting. So this is going to be kind of our, uh, I guess, a variety show episode in our in our rotation here. I don't know if that's quite the right word for it, but it's basically going to be like a, hey, let's talk about stuff that's happened re- recently, what we think of how things are going in the competitive scene. If you yeah. miss if you missed the competitive discussion on the hobby episode last week, this is the podcast for you, at least as as far as how things have been going since the balance update. So, uh, but first. You got some housekeeping for us, Jay? Housekeeping. Yeah, I think first and foremost, I'd like to point out something. Now, I'm not going to give you all the information because I, I don't actually have it all. Uh, but you guys are going to be hearing a lot more from Mike. Uh, he is going to be one of the co-hosts of our new Shatterpoint podcast that's going to be coming out soonish wait jay you haven't told me anything about this yeah <laughs> welcome oh, back surprise <laughs> yeah <laughs> putting you back to work 
Um, and so, yeah, so, so Mike has been playing Shatterpoint. So if you guys are really loving Shatterpoint, I know a bunch of people have been asking me anyways, I don't know about you, Kyle, but have been DMing me going, Hey, are you guys doing Shatterpoint podcast? Like what's going on with that? And frankly, um, I don't like doing things before it's out. Like I had no information on Shatterpoint whatsoever, whether it was good, whether it was playable, I, I, I knew nothing. And so for me to make a decision to spend money on something that uh, I had, you know, to talk about a game that I had no information on seemed silly at the time, but now it's out. People are digging it. Mike is digging it. And so, uh, yeah, so we're going to do a Shatterpoint podcast and, and Mike's going to be one of the co-hosts. So very excited about that. Stay tuned. Uh, that will be out soon. Yeah, soon-ish. Yeah. I think it's a fair. Um, yeah, it'll be fun. It's been a nice detour from Legion. Yeah. Yeah, and 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 we'll, you know, we've just got to dot some T's and cross some I's and we'll we'll get there uh but yeah so so that's one thing and uh as always if you end up listening and you love that podcast i highly recommend subscribing uh to our patreon because that will help pay for that podcast and keep it up and 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 running um just like our blog and and our other podcasts so if you if you love any of the content any of these guys put out please think about supporting us even at the dollar level you know that that helps so yeah. Um, other than that, I don't really have anything else, Kyle. That's it. Let's go exploring the notorious scoundrels. Awesome. All right. Yep. Well, we're going to talk. So we, we've had a few tournaments now since the points update. We've got some results from those tournaments that we're going to talk about. We've also played some games recently. Mike, you went to a tournament in uh, New Jersey. Apparently. I thought it was in Philadelphia, which I thought was in Pennsylvania, but apparently it's also in Jersey. I don't know. There was some people who had feelings about that at the tournament. but um... Okay. <laughs> Is that like Kansas City, right? Like, isn't that in like two different places too? Yeah, I don't know. I was like, I was like, we came to Philadelphia to play in this tournament, and they were like, "No, you're in Jersey." It's like, <laughs> all right. <laughs> but Philadelphia is right over there. Yeah, you know, like, I was yeah. like, I'm pretty sure we're like in the Philadelphia like Beltway situation. I don't know. I imagine it's like a similar like DC Nova thing going on. Yeah, yeah. I I think I think most of New Jersey is either in the Philadelphia metro area or the New York City metro area. Um, yeah unfortunately for new jersey <laughs> and for the rest of us cause... apologies if you're from new jersey and yeah. i just offended you but i don't uh... actually care <laughs> i've been there several times it's great i have too and i've hated every time so <laughs> you know what one thing i really enjoy and appreciate about new jersey go is on the fact that everywhere they have signs posted basically that say uh left lane passing lane just in case you forgot because one of my pet peeves about driving in places that don't have said signs is that people will just like drive in the left lane. Huh. Yeah. Anyway, I appreciate New Jersey knows New Jersey knows what's up in that regard. Anyway. It's a good thing he's never been a passenger in my car. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, come to think of it, every time we've gone on a road trip somewhere, I'm the one that's driving. So. I mean, in fairness, I'm I believe you've had a manual. Uh yes. 
and I cannot drive stick. So that's true. I do. I do drive manual. So yeah, yeah. Um, which is fine. I enjoy driving. I do not like being a passenger so in general. Uh, so yeah. Anyway, oh, you learn something about Kyle every day. Yeah. There you go. And now you guys know why he's the one to always start this podcast. <laughs> That's only exclusive to driving, Jay. Come on. Oh, sure, sure. <laughs> uh, all right. Anyway, so we're going to talk about some tournament results. We're going to talk about some games we had. How about we start with just um, the tournament that you played in this weekend, Mike? Why don't you tell us about it? What did you bring? How'd you do? Ooh. Did you have any fun highlights? Yeah. Um. Yeah. So it was a 32-person uh, tournament at Top Deck Games in New Jersey. Um. First off, locale was awesome. Uh, the store is really spacious, just awesome in every regard. Additionally, uh, Nick Bodner from Legion 99 was hosting it. He did an awesome job, kicked some serious butt. Um, so overall, super well-run event. Highly recommend if you see a tournament there to go check it out. I'm sure that they plug it over on Legion 99 all the time. Um, so as far as how I guess my run at the tournament went, I um I made a mistake at Worlds and I brought a list I didn't like. Um and so uh in contrast to my LVO run where I brought a list that I really liked. Yep. <laughs> Though I didn't know it until I started playing at that tournament. I brought it up to LVO as a joke. Uh, <laughs> and um so yep. I would for I those that don't don't remember, Mike was second at LVO. Yeah. And yeah. So I brought 501st LVO. Um, and uh I've played probably 30 games with 501st since then, um, in various configurations. And uh I didn't bring it to worlds because I was like, Dark Troopers are a thing and there's no impact in 501st, and that's a problem, yada yada yada. Um but I'm pretty convinced, and this is something maybe we can get into later today or later on a different episode, that 501st is actually the best iteration of a guard list that exists presently today, particularly with the points nerfs, or points buffs, I guess you should say, to arts. Um, Old. The, re the reason why that is is very complicated. <laughs> um, and, and I'd, I'd, li I'd like to hear it pretty nuanced yeah um but i let's let's table that for a second as okay we're talking about the tournament or whatever. <laughs> yeah that's uh, fair all right this is my podcast now uh, <laughs> <laughs> we'll, we'll park it for later but i yeah, want okay. i want to hear about it you will you will um so uh anyhow i brought 501st uh in an updated fashion to top deck and um Games were good. Uh, I played against uh, an Anakin. <laughs> there were there were seven arc units on the board on my first game, so that was cool. Um, the only people that brought arc troopers got paired against each other round one, so that Perfect. was spectacular. Um, I played against some quad Mando, uh, Shadow Collective Goodness, uh, round two, um, and then I played against Hob from the Discord, uh, round three, playing Vader. Uh, Boba, like six storms with like uh, specialists, you know, using Vader to compel them. Um, and then round four, I played against a variant of Luke Cook's world's list, um, which was tweaked a little bit. It had like one less activation in it and it had like more. I, I don't remember if Luke's list from worlds had 
three short troopers in it with heavies, but this one, this one, this one did. Um, and it had Dell and a couple other things. Um, it and definitely less Luke Cook. One less Luke Cook. Yes. <laughs> yeah. yeah absolutely. Yeah. absolutely. <laughs> definitely an important ingredient for sure. Um, so uh, I guess I, I I don't think there was anything super remarkable about the games. Um, I would say that overall they were pretty standard. I swung Anakin's lightsaber once in four games, um, which is how you should play Anakin. Uh, <laughs> generally, uh, you only swing his lightsaber if you need to. Um, Otherwise, he's just like Padme plus plus, and uh, yeah, um, I think my tightest game was uh, round two against the Mandos, where they uh, he my opponent uh, his name was Travis um, was very aggressive and basically like knew he was outranged because I've got four snipers and nobody else does um, pretty much. Um, and even if other people have four snipers, mine are better. Sorry, folks. Um, he he decided that his quad mandos were just gonna like all in on 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 an art trooper squad, and he put it down to one health after I used both my medics. Um, we were playing VAPS, and uh, he he got very close to being able to like in and out with his with his mandos and force me into a very awkward position, but. Um, he didn't, and then I was able to kind of scrape a Mando squad off the board, and it kind of deteriorated from there. But it was like, as far as like closeness goes, that's probably the the tightest it got. It's like the opening rounds of that game. So, and you you got an invite? Right? I did get an that, invite. Yeah. I guess that's that's sort of important. Yeah, I'm qualified for Worlds. Yeah. Um, my general feeling is that uh, I'm probably not going to do now that I have it this early in the season. I'm probably not going to do a lot of traveling for events and stuff. Yeah. A, because dark troopers are still a thing. Um, and I don't really want to pay to fly across the country to go play against dark troopers. Um, and B, because uh, I'm also pretty into Shatterpoint and would like to spend some time doing that, you know. Um, there you go. So. Well, now, now you can just kind of chill a little bit now that you got that pressure off. That's the hope. That's the hope. Yeah. yeah. Um, I would so, yeah. say that was that was one of the nice things, like for the first world or what? Well, no, the second worlds when before COVID hit, like I, I think I got mine like in April, like right after worlds. And it's just like, OK, that's off my list now. <laughs> like I can I can focus on other stuff. I could play around. I can you know, I can like play some silly list to figure out if something's good that I've been, you know, there's not this pressure like that every tournament that's got an invite on the line, I have to go to win because I need to get that, you know, for worlds. So I think there's something said to having it. I mean, halfway, you know, we're halfway to worlds and, and having it now, you know? Yeah, for sure. Um, I definitely, I mean, I don't know about you guys, but I've always felt like a consistent pressure. I'm like, I'm like somebody that people in the Legion community know if I don't get an invite, like, yeah. you know, I don't know. I feel like there are expectations there that aren't just mine. Um, yeah, and maybe that maybe that's me putting more pressure on myself than is, uh, yeah. than is due. But I, I definitely do feel that way sometimes. No, I, th I think I think a lot of our team feel I, I'm I think maybe myself. I am I can't even think of another person on our team that doesn't care about the world's invite besides me. Like I I mean I care, but I, I don't think it matters if I get it. But you know, um yeah, no, I I, th I think that's 
that's a true pressure for our for our whole staff for you know there's I don't think it's true. I don't know that the audience feels that way, but sometimes, you know, early on I felt that way where it's like, well, I, I have to get this in order to prove that I know what I'm talking about. Cause if I don't get this, then who's going to listen to me? Turns out uh, everyone. Turns out they don't, they don't give a shit. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it turns right. out. Yeah. Yeah. It's all in your mind. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, congrats on that. And then also uh, Corey, right? Got the other one. Yep. They're Corey Satili from yep. uh, Inglorious Blasters, another great oh, yeah. podcast. Um, yep. Also pretty local to the DC-esque region. They're like more in Baltimore. Um, Mid-Atlantic. Mid- yeah. Yeah. Great, mm-hmm. great group of guys. He, uh, he definitely, he was the bad guy. He brought double dark troopers <laughs> and, <laughs> um, you know, his round three opponent brought three laser ATRTs. And uh, apparently, Corey made his first twelve saves, so that was, uh, I guess, uh, pretty tilting. <laughs> no, notable too that he had a, he had a, a list. I think it was Krennic with aggressive tactics, right? I believe so. Yeah, I, I'm not sure about aggressive tactics, but it definitely had Krennic in it. I'm I'm like eighty percent sure that it had aggressive tactics also, which dark troopers with aggressive tactics. I, yeah, I don't I don't feel like people were really hammering that before worlds or at worlds really um i don't know why it makes them well, so much more durable you don't really need it if you're just like guarding in all of the i guess that's true taken right yeah. like if, if your game plan was my dark troopers are just not going to roll defensively like why 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 spend the tech that's right? that's fair if you if and lots of people did the irg thing yeah but yeah yeah now that you can't do that anymore people are doing the aggressive tactics thing and it's just a different way to make your dark troopers <laughs> turns out also good yeah <laughs> it's almost as if the unit itself is good um yeah yeah i mean uh i don't actually think dark troopers are well, above average okay so <laughs> here's here's the thing here's the thing about well, and the hot takes are back on the scoundrels <laughs> i don't i don't want to <laughs> I don't want to say they're good or bad. What you definitely can say is that they ask a question in the list building stage. And if you can't or don't answer that question, uh, then you have a very difficult time dealing with them in the game. Yes. Uh, I think in a in a vacuum, in a world where you assume that everybody has impact in their lists, they are fine to middling and perhaps even bad. Um, but you're talking about like a lot of impacts. I'm talking... Uh... I, I think now that the Guardian thing is gone, I, I think that like somewhere in the realm of like impact six to eight, which which I don't think is like a ton. So it's it, a lot more it, achievable than 10 to 12. Yes, for sure. I definitely think six to eight is a reasonable answer presently. And I, I specifically, I still think Anakin Saber Throw with an RPS fire support. It's just now, now the Guardian and Barrier off the table is just like pretty much an auto lose situation for dark trooper lists um for the most part it's pretty bad it's it's and not also, fun if you're playing also very common because anakin is super good yeah um, so um uh, yeah but yeah I, I think fundamentally so there's two things there the first is that they are still winning tournaments right i mean Corey went undefeated to get that invite um you know, we've seen some other tournaments already won by Dark Troopers with the new points. But I think 
I think they're they're kind of a token gatekeeper list. That's a term from other miniatures games, but basically it means that they're not necessarily going to like win the whole thing, but they're definitely going to just outright prevent certain types mm. of lists from winning just by virtue of existing. And they're going to have an effect as a result on competitive list building just because they're there. Um, that doesn't mean that they're like overpowered in the traditional sense, but it does mean that they have like a negative chilling effect on uh, the diversity of lists and the things that you can bring. So um, yeah. I think something like that, and maybe this is a conversation for another day, but something like that can both be not overpowered. And I'm not saying one way or another whether they are, but uh, can be like a quote-unquote normal unit from a power level perspective but also a problem from a list diversity perspective at the same time yeah i i mean they're definitely a problem I, yeah. and they still are definitely a problem like i don't uh hot takes inbound but if you think they're not like you're crazy i don't know <laughs> like uh, yeah. like um we are playing different games um but uh they certainly are but but I do think that they are a uh, a fair unit in the game space of like a, assuming that your opponent planned for them like they are they are fair. Right. Yeah. I well and well and to I... go back and like to reiterate I guess and like kind of reassemble what Kyle said is that even if they are or are not at the tournament you're about to go to the fact that they're on your mind and that you have to build as if they're going to be there it becomes a problem as far as your list is concerned because if you don't do it and they show up they're gonna most likely walk over you if you do do it and they don't show up then your list isn't the most optimal it could potentially be against other lists at the same time like the fear yeah. of them being there is almost like crippling to to list building, you know. I I actually the way that I have kind of thought about this in, in I think um I don't think it's that much different than force push. I do think it feels different from a how big of an actual problem it is, but um I think since we basically legion has existed you have had to have an answer to a unit with force push in your list whether it's boba with whipcord or or something else um if you don't have force push like you need a plan to how to for how to deal with it and i think dark troopers would definitely take that idea to the extreme um but i but i fundamentally don't think it's that different from a gatekeeping perspective at least in how i have always built it like viewed list building for legion um like i don't see any list Optics uh that uh can't deal with a Jedi is anywhere close to like viable in a competitive format. Um yeah, I think I think the answer there though, as far as bringing a quote way to deal with force push is a lot more varied than just like with dark troopers, it's a number that you need for impact weapons. Yeah. Um with force push, there's lots of different ways that you can you know you can tell your objective deck to just make it so that your force users are relevant you can bring um melee units that aren't force users you can bring your own copy of force push you can plan to basically shoot them with a lot of things you can bring enough units that are decent enough in melee like stormtroopers where if you have a reasonable shot at punching them to death after shooting them you know and, and that was for example like force pushes have been around since 
the start of the game, right? Yeah. Yeah. Um, when I played uh back all the way back in season three of Invader League, I had what would most people would consider a pure gun line. I had Veers, I had Bosk, I had six stormtroopers and three snipers, and that's it. You know, no melee units, no force push, no whip cord. And it did just fine against force users because A, there was so much firepower that like even if I could get a shot or two on the way in, it was enough to soften them up where I then had six stormtroopers who are actually reasonably decent in melee for core units to like punch off those last three to four wounds. Um so while I think I think it's a similar conversation in that uh like you need to be able to bring a counter to something that is popular and um good. I think that there's a lot more different varied ways to do that with something like force push over you know dark troopers where it's just like do i have enough impact weapons yes or no and then even even once you get into the actual game um with dark troopers i feel like if you if the answer that you've had to that question is no the game itself um you know again somewhat battle card dependent but often it's just kind of like a formality um like i've seen I, lots of... I, I have uh I just concede most of them before they start at this point because <laughs> <laughs> I've conceded multiple high profile games at this point. Uh, uh, like I conceded the finals of Richmond Open before before we even had it. I was like, I don't, I don't need. It. I know how this is gonna go. We're good. Yeah, and that's kind of at least like, like if if you run into a force user and you don't have your own copy of Force Push or your own Whipcord, like you, there are still things you can do over the course of the game to deal with it. Um, yeah you know there are, or there are there are ways you could get lucky there are some mistakes that your opponent could make there are plays you could make um and like it, actually playing it out is a very different animal in that situation than like against dark troopers where if you haven't checked that box it's just like all right you know i guess we could go through the motions for three hours but um we know how this is gonna go yeah so, i think i think you're highlighting a pretty important um like difference as far as like clearly how they were designed like i mean the game has been de designed with force push in mind since day one right you know so so like we've got you know so many different answers or 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 ways that we've developed to deal with it right um unfortunately there's only one way to deal with dark troopers particularly now with force choke being um kind of you know melted into the into the ground um yep which is fine great good job good job team so, so I'm all the, about says the arc player yeah man yeah. i'm all about it i'm all about it <laughs> thank you amg um but yeah i mean i think i think uh you you bring up a good point in that i do think the, the primary difference between the two things is that there are solutions to one that are varied and inclusive and there are not for the other right and the actual even if you didn't bring one of those solutions explicitly in list building you can still make a game of it and you can still make decisions during the game that uh you know maybe render that dis disadvantage less of a disadvantage whereas you know like if you can't damage dark troopers you're just you're not gonna win <laughs> um you're not gonna you're not gonna be able to crit fish to the point where they can not run you over um so yeah i think it's you know, don't get me wrong. I'm glad that they increased their points so soon after they came out. I mean, they only came out what four months ago at this point. Um, we've had some, we've had some quick nerfs in this game in the past. Uh, the bus comes to mind. Um, back whatever that was three years ago now. Um, a couple other things, but 
Look, I, I think it's great that they increase their points in such a short time span. I don't think that it really addresses their core issue. But I don't know how you do that without like redesigning Dark Troopers. Yeah. They've got to be errated. Well, sure. Um, and I think there's there's lots of different ways to do that, but you'd essentially have to like redesign what they do in order to because I, th- I think if you were just like, well, let's just make them armor X instead of um, full armor, then I, I think that you have to look at Unconcerned um, and how that interacts with cover and them being able to be repaired. And then maybe you have to look at Unstoppable because you can't make them like too cheap and still give them two activations. And like, I've, I've seen like four or five different solutions for Dark Troopers floated around about eradicating keywords or changing how they work and i think if you did any one of those you you potentially create like a cascade effect where you have to end up just leading to like a full redesign of dark troopers um i don't think that at least in my opinion none of those individual solutions some of them would make it so that dark troopers were just objectively bad and unplayable um i think that's okay at this point well, sure, but I, I guess my point is if if your goal is to make it so that there's still a unit that like people occasionally take uh, that you ha- you get to a space where once you make one of those changes, you have to look at other changes, and by that time you've made three or four changes and they're a totally different unit anyway. So, um, yes, there are definitely some changes you could make that would just make them like a flavor unit that nobody seriously took to a tournament. Um and maybe that that would probably be healthier for the meta as a whole, um, if they just got deleted from existence. <laughs> I, I'd love it. I'd have no natural predators. Would be great. <laughs> yeah, right. Five of first arcs would just be like no more choke, no more dark troopers. Um, all right. Yeah. Let's, let's go buy some arc boxes. Um, from the fifth trooper dot uh, com. There you go. Yeah, yes. There you go. Well, Do you have five of first legion in stock? Is that? I, I don't think my star has it. No. So funny story about that. Uh, They pulled that from the shelves. So you can't even, we can't. Oh, you can't get it at all. Mm -mm, Because they had a bunch of, listen, it happens. I'm not, no slight against them, but they had a bunch of printing errors in it. And so I think they pulled it in order to fix those. Which, you know, I think that's to to the extent that they had those printing errors. I think that's a good step. Yep. Um, And hopefully they'll, they'll get them back out. That's a point. Yep. Um, in the meantime, maybe I'll have to buy another box of normal arc troopers. We'll see. There you go. There um, you go. I've been intrigued by your five or first exploits. I've always enjoyed playing Anakin and/or clones. Um, I'll probably just end up playing Anakin Padme today if I play them, uh, which is what I'm familiar with. But mostly because arcs are very time consuming to paint <laughs> <laughs> i mean you you painted half of mine so that's yeah <laughs> he, he wasted all his patience and time on yours and now he refuses <laughs> that is that is uh that is true that is objectively true um <laughs> but i think that your paint scheme is a lot easier and faster than mine let's put it that way yeah i definitely i went with the dark paint scheme because it's it's easy to hide mistakes and um it definitely it's pretty quick so yeah mine are mine are white with the blue five of first and i i painted echo and i painted his homeboy and i'm like all right i'm I'm good i'm good (laughs) white is so hard to paint i that's one of the main reasons my clones aren't aren't white uh you know just because it's 
I'm not a, I'm not a very good painter. So I was like, you know what, we're going, we're going custom paint scheme on this. Cause I, yeah. I can't do it. And it's just so unforgiving. Like, yeah. cause you'll just be like, you know, you start painting and, and you're like painting and you're going so well. And <laughs> there's, there's, there's the boy right there. Somebody suggested I put my hand behind the, I think it was Seth from uh, that other podcast. <laughs> anyway, it doesn't seem to be working. Sorry, Seth, but um, there's, there's echo. Yeah. Yeah, uh, yeah. I mean, because you'll be painting like another color, and you're going, and you're like, "Oh yeah, this looks good." Damn, I'm a good painter. And then yeah. you get to the white on the mod, and you're like, "Ah, oh, no, I'm still suck." <laughs> <laughs> I feel similarly about like yellows. Maybe oh, I, yellow. maybe I just like haven't found a good uh, brand to use, but I just cannot get the consistency of the yellow paints right. Yeah. Yellow is is worse than white. Yellow I is significantly worse than white. Recommend the Monument Hobbies Pro. Uh, they their yellow is phenomenal. Phenomenal. Okay. I'll check it out because yeah. man, I I was painting something yellow recently, and it was just like I, I I like to do like a lot of my hairs like hair is like blondish, you know, and like it just. And never comes out the way I want it to. Um, Blonde hair stuff. Yeah. Um. What's the trick with that? You paint pink underneath it, and then you paint yellow on top of it, and that generally helps the yellow. Oh, it, interesting. Okay. Yeah, that's what Pro you're tip. supposed to. That's what you're supposed to do. Um. Maybe we can talk about painting light colors on one of our hobby episodes. But yep. yeah, you're supposed to paint pink underneath and then put the yellow on top. It's still not like like if you're using a no. brush <laughs> instead of an airbrush, yeah. you still need yeah. like yeah like 10 coats of yellow <laughs> that's the issue i run into i don't have that type of patience to like a like i thin my paints but i feel like you really got to thin them down like pretty far to like be putting 10 coats of paint on <laughs> you, you know like i i don't know yeah um i tried to do bosk's jumpsuit by hand which is yellow and i think after five coats i still was not happy with how consistent it was going on is like screw it i'm gonna just airbrush this yeah um and i still haven't done that because i haven't had a good reason to feel bosk after 88 came out but um <laughs> yeah so bosk is like half painted i've got all his skin done and then he's got like his crappily painted yellow um, <laughs> anyway uh all right well congrats on on getting your invite thank you um and uh, we we saw some, you mentioned some stuff at that tournament that is that people are trying that's interesting. One of those things is Mandos. Mm -hmm. So mm -hmm. um, we mentioned last week briefly that uh, Indie Open, which was a what forty, I'm gonna forget the number forty something player tournament. Um, Sounds right. In Indianapolis, was won by Brian Bear running Mandalorians, Rebel Mandos specifically, which for a long time had been. I think it's not a hot take to say bad, objectively bad. Um, and they got some nice points reductions to the base unit, to the rockets. Overall, I think the whole package is like 12 points cheaper, which is per, a, per squad, right? Per unit. Yeah. yeah. Which, you know, when you're taking three, that's 36 points. That's, that's enough for two medics, yeah. basically. Um, so yeah, I, I think they're, I think they're pretty interesting. Medics about. are still in this game. Just kidding, I'm just kidding. <laughs> yeah. In fact, I think Brian <laughs> had three of them. Yeah. Um, if you're being a rebel Mandos, you better be packing at least two. Yeah, he uh um this is just off the top of my head. I'm not actually looking at his list, but off I think it was called something like zombie mandos or something like that. Um, and he had his three medics. 
So yeah, nice. it, I mean, that's the primary downside always and still of Mandos is that those blanks really hurt because it's one wound per model and it's only four models in a unit. So you, you, you get a bad, you get a bad rollout, you roll two blanks or whatever, and suddenly like half your unit's dead and that really diminishes their firepower significantly. So mm. um, yeah, medics, bring your medics. If you're running any rebel mandos, I guess Shadow Collective can't bring normal medics. They can bring a bus medic if they want. But um, yeah, the uh, yeah, I think they're really interesting now. I would personally take them with Cassian because I, I still can't wrap my head around the fact that Cassian is now 90 points. Dude. <laughs> Dude. It's his gun free too. No yeah, his gun is free. Yeah. That's why he's 90 points. Yeah. 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 I mean, I don't know. I. <laughs> I still think rebels are pretty bad. <laughs> I don't I don't know if I would say that simply because of how good Cassian is and also Ahsoka. Like they they definitely still have a problem with their core, which is gonna affect every list that they build. Yeah. Um, but I think that Cassian and Ahsoka might be good enough that it kinda doesn't matter. Like you can you can build some pretty decent Cassian Ahsoka lists with Rebel Vets and MK2s, and they're not like don't get me wrong, Rebel Vets and MK2s are not short troopers, right? They're not shores and mortars, but they're they're fine and they're they're cheaper. You know, Vets are ten points cheaper than shores when you account for the heavy costs, and then MK2s are two points cheaper than mortars. Um, so the whole package is cheaper, and then you've got you know, like, so let's compare it just as a similar archetype to something like a Aiden, uh, Aiden Bobalist, for sure. example, which is a thing that I think most people would agree is just a straight up good list, right? Yeah. I think um, so. Aiden is 25 more points now than Cassian, and she's most commonly used in a sniper role. Um, granted, Cassian does not have tactical strike, which is not nothing. But Cassian has much better aim access, his and his sniper rifle has better dice on it, um, and he's twenty five points cheaper more than Iden. So at least if you just compare the model Iden to Cassian, Cass, uh, Cassian is actually like better at his job than Iden is. And he's twenty five points cheaper. Um. So yeah, I I no brought this so? up here. Hold on, I brought this up. I got to share this because people um, share screen. So so this is something I ran. Oh, we're getting oh, serious. A long time ago. And I just put the points back together. And I can put together a 12 activation Cassian list with two Pike Syndicate foot soldiers and a Capo and still have 30 point bid and still figure out what I want to put in there. You know, like I could add some more, you know, I could add some more Pike troopers, like whatever. But I mean, this is this is the type of stuff you can do with Cassian now. Yeah, I definitely. Just... Sorry, go ahead. Uh, I was gonna say I definitely think that like any good rebel list that I've made um, doesn't start with Cassian, but it does start with something else that's in your list, Jay. <laughs> it's a uh, Capo and Pikes. Yeah, I I've been playing Commander Luke, Ahsoka, triple Pike foot soldiers with Capos in them. Um, I actually played it in my Yavin base, uh, Yavin base game. Um, and uh. It's uh Ahsoka with Ahsoka's Swift Protector card with Pikes is like 
kind of really gross. Um, yeah, I mean that card is silly in general. And then you you put it on a unit that actually is a good dodging unit, unlike Rebel Troopers. And, yeah, yeah, that's yeah. what I mean. I I definitely um, I actually think Jay that this list is probably pretty good. Um, I think I'd put Capos and put Soldiers for sure. Yeah, um, yeah. But uh, you know, I think I think. But again, I think I think this list is winning on the merits of, of mercenaries, which is not not a not a problem. Per se, well, it's I guess. It, it's a problem in that I think I think you could say that the best rebel core unit is not a rebel unit. Yeah, I mean, I think I think you can say that uh, about Republic too, for the most part. Um, I think the I best think, re- Republic unit is also not not a not a Republic unit. Um, I, I think, think the I think that's disparity the disparity is much smaller. Um, yeah, I think that's I think that's more debatable. Uh, do you guys? So let me ask you this: Our audience is going to lose it because they can't go an episode without me talking about Ewoks. Uh, <laughs> Ewoks, I guess Ewoks still wouldn't fit right because they're not rebel. They're they're bright tree, so they're not they're mercenary as well. So they're that also mercenaries. Even, yeah, that wouldn't yeah. even change that dynamic. Never mind. I mean, I think, uh, in fairness to the Ewoks, um, don't don't discriminate against them yet. Uh, I think um, they're rebel enough that you can count them as a rebel. Re- like as far as keeping the list rebel, Bandit like noise. like yeah, like yeah. I th- I think we can we can call them a rebel unit. Um, Given I that feel like no one else can take them. Yes, yeah. I, I feel like you were headed with that question, Jay. Um, yeah. If they were going to change the dichotomy of non bright treeless, yeah. Kyle's going to poo-poo this because we've talked about it before, but I think the answer to that could pop very possibly be yes. Uh, I definitely think that um, double buses uh, or single buses with the chargey Ewoks inside um, and keeping the bus like pretty cheap, like you can you can take like just the bus and maybe a gun on top of it and just like have the Ewoks like go go all chargey and um, really really get at it. Um, for much cheaper than Wookiees, and uh, <laughs> frankly, um, I don't know. Uh, they're they're not they're they're almost as good as Wookiees. Um, if you give them a the Trapper, you can also like take Tenacity and stuff. Um, yeah, I don't know. Uh, tenacity so on them is fun. It's, I think, it's I a, think you want into the fray probably, but yeah. It's possible. Like, I definitely, I'm not going to claim to have like theory crafted the best configuration for how to do this because this isn't really my style. Um, but I definitely think that uh, th- this is a thing that I think people are bare minimum going to try, and I actually think might be might be good. Um, frankly, yeah, I, I've never look. This could work. Don't get me wrong. And <laughs> I told you, everybody. <laughs> yeah. I actually, I think Ewoks are pretty interesting in a normal Rebel list, especially like the Wicket double Ewok skirmisher combo for that scout move. I don't, I don't know if you need the bus. I don't know. If I'm, I'm not, either. I'm not going to say that it's, that it's like a bad choice because I think the underlying concept, which is Wicket and two Ewoks, I think is, is potentially great in Rebels. So I don't know that you're like ruining that concept by taking a bus. It's it's just a different way to do it. Personally, I don't think that you need the bus to make that setup uh, good for what you're paying. Yeah, I think the the Ewoks definitely there is the potential for them to just evaporate from the board if um, 
before they they hit their target if they're not in the bus is really the only reason I'd be I'm considering the bus in that equation. Um, much more so than if you're like shooting at Wookies, right? You oh, sure. have significantly less health um from a like time to contact uh yeah. if you're yes. if you're if you're just like running them as a missile right like eight health versus 12 is a pretty big deal particularly if there's like a shield involved and stuff yeah and i and as much as cover has changed in the game i still think when you're trying to do something like a charging unit you're still gonna find gaps in the terrain right that's not that they're not going to be able to benefit with low profile and and like trying to get them into position it's going to be difficult without somebody getting some shots off on them at, at some point in the 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 move up right if you're going like a missile i guess in um, your example i think in in this example i think you're right i do think because of the bright trees special rules that that's not going to yep. be the case in the battle yep. forest because they're always going to have suppression tokens <laughs> Yeah. Thanks, guys. Um, so low profile is just always on. Um, but yeah, yeah. Yep, suppression tokens with C3PO compelling them onward. <laughs> and uh Logray giving them courage three. So it's funny. I I feel like Bright Tree is gonna be almost kind of like running a droid list where anything between like zero and five suppression tokens kind of just doesn't matter. Yeah, I hundred <laughs> percent. It's essentially bookkeeping. Um I'm yeah. I'm not convinced that uh, I, like three PO is actually good um, from the sense that uh, he actually makes it easier to kill your Ewoks um, because you can just shoot three PO. Um, and then yeah, and, and yes, and he doesn't can, have yeah, he doesn't have low profile, right? And he doesn't yeah. have any like dodge shenanigans going on. So yep. like, and and I feel like it's going to be difficult to like like normally a unit like this you'd be like all right I'm going to hide him behind an LOS block and use him to like compel or whatever, but we're talking about units that like pretty much have to they've got to get to a bare minimum range two to do anything and most of them have to get a lot closer than that <laughs> so like that means three po's gotta kind of also have to be up in your grill so i feel like you're going to be able to shoot him which means divine influence is going to be useful but i also think it means that you're going to be pulling ewoks like you can just shoot three po and kind of negate the low profile thing i think yeah that's fair I, I do think that you need the compel and he's only 40 points i also think potentially you know you could run him up behind your chewy atst which is a mobile line of sight blocker um <laughs> that is a thing you could do for sure yeah um you know there are there are ways um but yeah i uh i think that he's essentially because of how their suppression rules work i think he's basically required because you know yeah, otherwise you've got a bunch is. of you've got a bunch of courage one melee units that don't strip suppression so um, yeah. yeah i think which... him and low gray are just like in every great tree list ever yep i agree 100 um... yeah yeah and i think there's other you know i've been playing around with different things but you know like endurance you could you could play around with that a little bit too to try to you know you know to try to mitigate some of that if you don't want to play c3po um i don't know i haven't really thought a ton about it but i've been just kind of theory crafting some stuff but my problem is uh the two non uh bright tree units like i don't i don't care about them like that's not why i'm here boys i'm here, I'm here for every i'm here for the, the ewoks and chewy uh but i get why they did it it's just i just hate it i don't know yeah. i mean 
I mean, like a 13 activation list with Han Solo at the end of those 13 activations is actually probably like a, pr- a pretty good Han list to be to be quite yeah. honest. Um, uh, so I mean, yeah, I feel you there, but I do think um, it's it's definitely interesting on on what you can put at the yeah the the tail end of those activations in that capacity. Yeah, and yeah. I mean, one of them is probably just going to be Leia because she seems super good in Breaker yeah. Village. So, yeah, she handles the suppression. She augments your dodge, your your defensive thing going on already. You know, she gets your um, charge units up closer. You know, yeah. I mean, yeah, she does a yeah. lot for them. Yeah, she does. She does the uh, teamwork thing with the wicket. Yeah. So. Um, all right. Well, we definitely got on an Ewok tangent on an episode that was not supposed to be. <laughs> well, you know, I mean, <laughs> take that, you bastards. No, I mean, for we're, all, we're talking... for all you people listening who, don't, who are like, oh, we're talking about Ewoks again this this episode, Jay. Yes. I mean, the they're answer. the thing to be excited about right now in Legion, yeah. right? Like, I think, um, I mean, yeah. I, I, I don't know how your local community is, but like mine right now is like, oh man, like Shatterpoint stealing the spotlight. And as someone who's enjoying Shatterpoint, I'm I'm like really digging that. But um, we still got stuff coming. And yeah. like, like Ewoks um, are not my cup of tea, but like they're definitely going to like change the rebel dichotomy and they're going to shake up the meta. Um I do think they have the potential to be a little gatekeepy in the same way that dark troopers are, but you yep. know, we, we can, can or not discuss that. I don't care. Uh, let's but, let's uh, see if it actually happens first. And then, well, um... for me, for, for this is the first battle force that had units coming out that actually felt like, like it was all. Yeah. It was a battle force. Do you know what I mean? Like, yeah. 501st is close but like but but everything else just kind of felt cobbled together remnants even the shadow collective stuff like they're all shadow i guess but like this is the first one where i'm like oh this is like a true like a real battle force and even the two rebel thing though i hate it makes sense because you know they were there and han and leia like that all makes sense it's all fine so it, so even if you add them in, I'm okay with that. It's just, um, it's just super super compelling from a, a hobby p- perspective, a game perspective, a play perspective. Like, a, a, like ever, it just for me, it hits all the notes that Legion should be hitting. Um, everybody, right? And I think some people feel that, but this is the first time in a while that I've been like, oh yeah, this all makes this is gonna be great. I'm so excited about this. I think whether or not Bright Tree is a success is sort of irrelevant, uh, at least to I think to the conversation we're about having slash about to have, is that um, I think fundamentally the work that they put into this, the assets they put into this, the amount of support this, this battle force has is what every battle force should probably have. Yeah. In, at, yeah. Least, at least from a like design support perspective this is like when you say battle force and want to get the community excited about something you're doing like this this is it like this is great the product is great um whether or not it's like broken or balanced or whatever like we can deal with that those issues like later down the road when we're talking about like a themed release 
this is amazing. Um, and I think, I think it's good. We, we should be excited about this. E- even if you're not a rebel player, like what this means is that when rebels Republic gets Gungans, it should sure as hell better look like this, right? Yeah. You know, when, when CIS gets the Geonosians that we were previewed at, at Adepticon, like with, with how they were talking about it, it sure sounded like this, right? Yeah. We're, they were talking about like, what, what's his face? Um, Hoggle Lesser. Hoggle. And, and I think they even named a couple other like Geonosians in that, in that panel. And like, and like, that's how deep yeah. I, I want them to get. That's, yeah. that's what, that's what I want to see in the in the game. One of my favorite things about Lord of the Rings was like when they were like, "Oh, we're gonna do like um, Helm's Deep, like, and we're just gonna like hit it hard." Mm-hmm. There was like a Helm's Deep box set with like all like special sculpts for like all the the characters and like the the garb that they were on it had on in Helm's Deep, and you got like extra stat profiles, and they pitched you like fifteen different scenarios that like you could like form into a campaign for like the battle of Helm's deep. And then they do the same thing for, you know, the siege of minus Tirith and all that stuff. And this is what that feels like to me. Yeah. And I think that's awesome. Yeah. I agree. Yeah. It all seems very, even just beyond the fact that it's a bunch of exciting new models, it all seems very cohesively designed in that, like all the command cards kind of lean into each other and also push it thematically in a direction that you feel like is appropriate for the battle force. Yeah. You know, you don't you don't see a lot of like what you saw with the original four Battle Force releases, where it's essentially just like effects from other command cards pulled out of context and slapped onto a different command card. Um, like this is this all appears to have been clearly designed from the ground up, specifically yeah. to do the Ewok thing, um, and I think that's great. And I hope, like you said, I hope that we see the Geonosians like that. I hope that we see future Battle Forces like that. Hopefully, the there's. What is it? Tempest Force that is coming out also, supposedly, that they've talked about in the past. They um, have suggested it, though. I sort of feel like we probably would have seen it at this point, but I don't know. Maybe not. It seems like a good force to release at the same time as Bright Tree. Well, and they still right. got a couple. They still they still got a couple of weeks. So I think if I if I was them from a marketing perspective, let's say I I already like put out all the Ewok stuff, right? Like, okay, that's it well, what am I going to do to get people excited on release day so that they actually go and buy it for those of people who aren't excited yet? Well, oh, I, re- I, I released this other Battle Force, you know, and then that, hopefully that's what they do. That's what I would do, you know? Yeah, um, and I think uh, I, I think we're getting nods that, like, this is the sort of thing they're going to start doing, and and I think this is a great first step, Yeah. Um, you know? Yep. All right. Well, this Ewok excitement episode was. Uh... <laughs> no, um, take that, you listeners. <laughs> so I pl- I played over the weekend. Also, I I played uh, a Callus list because Facebook overwhelmingly told me that I should play Callus at LSO. So I figured I should at least put him on the table. Yep, how'd that go? Uh, it went it went pretty well. I played against our very own Evan Bullris. Uh, he, he was running a Cassian K two. It was basically like a Rogue One list. He had Cassian, K2, Jin, and Pathfinders in it. Um, so not good. Speaking of battle forces, I'd love to see support for. Yeah. <laughs> Can we just get the Pathfinders like a normal generic heavy weapon? Like, just can't Biston just go like punch out one of the Rebel Troopers E6s and just pick it up? Hmm. You know? Or <laughs> literally any other Pathfinder do that? Um, 
I just want a generic heavy weapon. I think you make more than one Pathfinder unit and feel good about it. I think you could probably just say that Pathfinders can take Rebel Trooper heavies and it would be fine. I think so too. Yeah. Um, Anyway, (laughs) I digress. Uh, The list, yeah. I mean, look, it had Cassian in it and K2, and those are very good units. Um, So it, well, I would say that the list could be made more efficient by not having Jin in it. Um, And I think Evan would probably agree with me. Uh, It was still a, a pretty good list for a test. But anyway. Um, I ran Cassian, not Cassian. I ran Callus, Boba, and three speeder bikes, and then some shore troopers and stuff. Um, it was interesting. I definitely missed the fourth speeder bike. Turns out that matters, huh? <laughs> it does. Uh, don't get me wrong. Three speeder bikes are still good. Speeder bikes <laughs> are still great. Uh, they were good in this game. Um, Boba's obviously still amazing. He, I think most of the work was done by Boba. Uh, he killed like four units if not five um boba's just so good empire boba with rebel boba's cards simple man is so good uh but anyway um that's not a hot take people know that boba fett is good yep uh callus he's really interesting at his new cost his damage is actually respectable uh i used him in this game to chase down the hostage i actually used face me for its like unique card effect to make mm-hmm. the unit that he engages not withdraw. <laughs> um, on turn two, I played it to get priority and then immediately engaged the hostage unit and then left the last guy alive after Cal's whacked him with his bow rifle staff and then they couldn't withdraw, so they were stuck in the middle of the table. Um, Callus ended up dying because eventually he killed that unit and then immediately got shot by everything in Evan's list. <laughs> <laughs> sounds right sounds right um, but he did tie up the hostage long enough for me to like focus on killing other stuff so yeah he was interesting his command cards definitely the three pip actually is i think pretty good it's kind of like a position neutral coordinated fire mm-hmm. that you can with more order flexibility mm-hmm. it has that same kind of feeling where your offense kind of wraps up over the course of the turn um Except you don't have to worry about like where you're passing aims to or whatever. You just it's it's kind of the inverse, right? You have to worry about what you're shooting at instead of yep. what you're shooting with. Um, so yeah, it's I'd say it's a reasonably effective card. It also, obviously, it's cunning attached to it. So if your opponent also plays a three pip, you get priority, which is pretty neat. Um, ISB investigation is amazing. Clearly, his best card. And then I also used face me for its intended purpose, which I think is rare. <laughs> I, I assume you were playing um, season Boba. Yes, I was playing season Boba. Okay. Um, as an aside, I think even if you Boba is your only character, you should still play Season Boba <laughs> because it it allows you to get the simple man effect where you uh, don't give an order to Boba with the card, and then you get the um, you get the marksman and the the range extension and the free aim token, um, and you can still give Boba an order with C's because you're giving something else an order with the card because because of the way the card reads. So yeah, I think Season Boba. Like the first five points that I spend on Empire Boba Fett is always C's. All right, here's a hot take. Okay. My number may fluctuate here because I'm trying to think of all the operatives, but I was going to say I think 80 to 90% of operatives, if you put them in your list, should have C's. Ah, see, that's a thinker, isn't it? I think it. I don't know if I'd go that high. It's definitely I'll give you sixty to seventy. Yeah, <laughs> I'll get. I'll give you more than half. All right. 
Yeah, I think the bounty hunters you want. I think you want it on eighty eight and Boba mm -hmm. Fett. Um, I think I think there's uh, definitely situational ones, right? Like I think OP Luke. It depends on what else you're running. Like it's, uh, but but like you can't you can't give C's to OP Luke. You, you he's got to be into the fray. fray. It's got to be into the fray. Yeah. Okay. Um, he's Kyle's not wrong here. <laughs> I think it depends. I really do. I think I think I had success with OP Luke and Sabine, and I had C's on both of them. And it, that it was went... when Deflect worked in melee, though. Oh, that's right. Yeah, yeah, that's fair. Now that yeah, that's... <laughs> I forgot. Damn, I forgot about Deflect. That's yeah, right. Yeah. No, you're right. You're right. I take back yep. what I said with OP Luke. Yeah, you're right. Yeah, his one training slot, unfortunately, now is basically yeah, not yeah. an option anymore. Yeah, that's um, right. That's a whole that's separate right. conversation. But um, <laughs> yeah, that's an entire podcast. Yeah, I think uh, I think that was one of the better changes. Man, <laughs> I, I I'm sort of trying to just rile you up, but I'm also yeah. being honest. Just uh, <laughs> I, Mike Barry hates force users. Is is what I'm hearing from this podcast? No, I think not. Not Anakin. I think all of the force users that deserve to get get hit got hit. What if they said Gem Show Gem So didn't give you surge and melee anymore? And but here's uh, the Anakin thing. couldn't the, spend his own dodge. To, his here's own the thing: the force users I play are actually trained in how to use. The <laughs> 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 what are, about they are trained in in our Jedi arts and what what about Grievous? Not. What about Grievous? Grievous gets surges and melee when he spends dodges. I mean, he's trained in our Jedi arts. Yeah, apparently. Well, yeah. the cra the crazy thing is that like uh, dark force users just forgot how to use uh, how to pick who how, they how wanted to, to how choke, to, how to block things, or that too. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but, I don't know. There's a random group. Just anyone in that group. I'll choke I, one of them. I also think. <laughs> just make sure choke, it's not the most important. Choke is not dead. <laughs> I think it's still. Uh, I, think I think it's think still fine on Vader. Choke is still good. I think it's Good. still fine on Vader for killing that last model. Mm. I would not take it on anyone else, I don't think. Mm. But anyway, I think that's all. I mean, we've we've beaten the choke horse, I think, already. Yeah, we yeah, we have. We're pretty we're pretty <laughs> aggressive about that one. Were you? Uh, oh, yeah, yeah, no, yeah. No. Uh, okay. Mistakes yeah. were made, audience, they were wrong. <laughs> we'll forgive them. We'll forgive them. Yeah, I think Callus is interesting. Man of the people, Mike Barry. That's what I'm I've trying, always sorry, said. Sorry, I'm trying to bring it. I'm trying to. I'm trying to bring it back. Uh, no. I would. I would not do it. I would not do him with the with the bikes again. I feel like he's a gunline commander. Yeah. If I was to run that same list, I would just replace the bikes with like more core beef, basically, or Iden. Um, but I don't think he gels super well with bikes. I think so. Yeah, I mean, I think uh, your experience is. Um kind of what i expected and to some degree it's like i, I feel like callus has always been kind of like leia to some degree and that like command cards are super good chassis is like just got to be cheap enough to be playable sort of situation you know yeah. um callus obviously is a little bit more um combat effective than leia is for a slew of reasons but um, that's also why he's 90 points and i think probably takeable now so yeah, I think he's down to that cost now where you take him for his command cards and his cutting, and then, you know, periodically he shoots something with a decent attack at range three, and you're like, hey, look, he killed a model, all right, you know. And it, he usually does kill, like, a model 
because he's got four dice with tactical and lethal and sharpshooter one. Um, so I'd say it's it's pretty like standard for him to just pick up a dude at range three whenever he attacks, which is yeah. which is which is decent, you know. Like that's I mean, not that's not specifically what you're bringing him for, but for for a commander that has pretty good support abilities and command cards, you know. He's he's uh I know I mean I've I've seen a lot of people like go back to Krennic and I'm like looking at him like you could take Krennic for cunning or you could take like callus <laughs> and, <laughs> and like and like have a unit that also does things other than like give you a cunning one pip and but their two pips in my mind are similarly powerful and they do different things they do very different things um but callus's three pip is also much better than annihilation moves so um, yeah that i agree with i i will say that i think krennic uh, I mean, compel is not nothing if you've got a list with like a bunch of current core units in it. But also, um, like if I'm if I'm running a dark trooper list with one of those commanders, I'd much rather have Krennic because I think deploy the garrison leans much harder into what the dark troopers want to be doing. But that's very fair, particularly because they can't be removed. Um, so, Ivan, do yeah. you think is is there a world where is there a world where you could go back to like an old like like remember middle management? Like I wonder if there's like a Callus Granic Dark Trooper list that might be interesting. I think you'd struggle to fit all that unless you mm. only took one Dark Trooper and then yeah yeah. What, one do, you, dark what do you what do you I mean are you even what trying? are you doing? Um, <laughs> if you, you didn't spend four hundred points on Dark Troopers, like what are you doing? Go home. Yeah, right. Um. I do think you could potentially make like a reasonably interesting empire gunline with those two. Um, I mean, it, I'm not look. I'm not saying it's better than taking Callus with like a bounty hunter or Iden. Yeah. Uh, but I I could see it. You know, you're if you're bringing like a bunch of shores and and storms and stuff that compels interesting. You've got six command cards with cunning. Um, you probably have a death trooper unit in there if you've got crack. Hot I don't take know. thirteen. I don't think Empire Core is that much better than Rebel Core. I think it's better enough. Uh, look, you, you're not. I don't think you're going to make a list centered around the Empire Core, but no. it's 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 better enough that they can support the very good Empire characters reasonably well. And I agree about it. That that was sort of where I was headed with it. Was yeah. that Jay, Jay? You asked about middle management, and like middle yeah. management is like very much like that. That list archetype is kind of like built on the foundation that like Imperial Core has to be kind of carries that list, right? Yeah. Um, and I don't think Imperial Core is good enough to do that anymore. Um, I think those units are still like as powerful as they were. I, I just think like the game has kind of grown up around them a bit. Um, yeah. Here's an interesting question. Are any factions core good enough to do that? Yes. Uh, I think Republic is Republic and Shadow Collective, I think both can do that. And I think the reason for that is they actually have synergy within their faction. Um, I think, and I actually think potentially Bright Tree Villages are too. And I, I think we're sort of seeing, we're entering a little bit new era of Legion where if you're the foundation of your army is not synergistic, like your core just are not going to really cut the mustard in a way that is is effective and we've sort of been like dabbling and like on our way there but you know i think um we've seen that with like separatists like separatist core used to be like really good like for what it was 
and nowadays it's just like it's not good enough to really overcome the synergy of fully loaded pikes or fully loaded you know phase twos just unloading on you they're just you're just picking up a full b1 unit every time you know and that that's just not a way to win the game um so yeah think, yeah you're right i think i think um in my head rebels and cis are kind of at the same level where i feel like the core units are just in my way to making a good list like it's just 100 you know, yeah 100 <laughs> and in separatists like you really actually have to like still invest in them in rebels yes. you can at least yeah. be like okay here's 120 points i understand that this 120 points is like my like down payment on all the other units I'm <laughs> right, taking, right. but but in separatists, like you can't take three B ones and like right. expect your list to work, um, which I think right. is foundationally yeah. the issue that separatist players players are facing right now, and that like that the faction identity of separatists is its core right. and always has been to some degree. It's always got like a big showy piece next to it, but you can't not have. A foundational core you can't not invest points in, in a separatist list you have yeah. to yep yeah yeah you need that mass coordinate for the order control yeah otherwise no, nothing else works right, right. um yep. at least as it stands um yeah so. i mean i i think um maybe this is a good time to talk about aco <laughs> yeah there we go there we go uh because nice. our very own austin miller won that with a separatist list um and I think that separatists can still make good lists. I think they look like Austin's, which is uh, he basically he ran Ventress Bane with yep. Magnus and a bunch of B1s, which I think that was actually a list that I kind of had my eye on before the points changes. Um, you know, Ventress is definitely the, the choke thing definitely hurts her, but she relied and relies on it a lot less, I think, than Dooku does. Um, I think there's some other options for that second force slot for her, particularly force speed. Um, I don't actually know if that's what Austin took, but um, let me check. Yes, that's she took burst. He took burst of speed. Burst out. push. Yeah, yeah, burst push into the fray, um, which I think is like going to be the new. If you run Ventress, that's kind of just what you run on on her. She um, definitely. That's not a platform where the current iteration of choke is very good. <laughs> no <laughs> <laughs> um so yeah and um i think i think this is interesting you know the, the b1s in here are definitely like only four of them have heavy weapons they're the e5s which yep. if you're going to give them a heavy that's what you give them now um and the other ones have medical droids so because ventures is squishy <laughs> yeah um so yeah i think it's i think it's you know the, clearly this is a list that's not about the b1s um he took he took six because you need to but uh yeah i think you can still make a good droid list i do not think the points changes increase or, or changed at the units that you're taking as part of that calculus um but i think you can still make a good separatist list you, yeah you, I, I guess i definitely wasn't in, um trying to say that you couldn't i just definitely think that like a good separatist list looks so maybe unsurprisingly like a good empire list these days and that like it's it's basically we're gonna kind of take a minimal amount of core that like can sort of poke at range four whether that's shores or e5s's whatever 
And then you take double bounty hunters, which is basically what Asajj Cat is. You know, I mean, like Asajj is a little bit more versatile than that. Um, but obviously, she, you put double bounty on the table, and you have two super flexible characters that can flank and poke and yeah. do all sorts of fun stuff. You know. Yeah, it's very structurally similar to like an Empire double bounty list. Yeah. Um, I do think at least with Shores, you know. Shores can poke at four, but they can also absolutely still slap you at three. Hundred um, percent. Now, granted, they're you know a shore unit is thirty more points than a B one. So yeah, they're very um, expensive. Yeah. But um, yeah, I agree with you. I think this is interesting. This is something that I was wanting to try before, um, and I'm still interested in trying. I I unfortunately did not have the heart to go back and fix my massage paint job yet. Um, I totally ruined it with the with. OSL. I, I, Dude, are you serious? Like... I just did the same thing with my Shatterpoint. Really? What? This is yeah, why but... I don't do OSL. Yeah. Oh, dude. That's I so should have just, just left it alone. I have yep. done perfectly good to great OSL with an airbrush. For whatever reason, but you got to be, we can talk. We might have already yeah, talked yeah, about Yeah, we did. We did. We did. Yep. Yeah. Last, last I, just, week. I just put my finger a little little too much, a little too much spray. It was great. And then I, I did the thing and it was like, <laughs> Like right on, right on thirty percent of the side of the model. That's so funny. Um, yeah. So anyway, I got to go back and fix her at some point, but I don't have the heart to do it right now. So. Um. All right. Well, do you guys have any more, any more thoughts, general, general thoughts, anything thoughts? Yeah. Listen, I think it's good to have Mike back. Hey. Yeah, definitely. Number Here one. I yeah. I. Uh, it's been Appreciate great that. to have Mike just it back in general just like in the chat everything obviously we've been that's what about. i just said don't copy me come up with your own thoughts on this <laughs> i great, i missed great. this a lot yes <laughs> i did too great to have you back mike thank you I, I i'm excited about your chatterpoint podcast i am too i am too i uh i definitely it's a really great game and i really want to to get you guys into it so that you can be as excited as I am. I don't know. I don't think it's probably like a super competitive game, but it is very fun. Um, Com- competitiveness aside, I do want to try it. And I, yeah. I'm, I will fully disclose that I have not yet played it. And I'm making this statement based purely on all of my friends that have played it and I've spoken to about it. Um, the scale to me is just not quite my style. Uh, so if I may... But- yeah, please. Because I think I think the way that I describe it might sell you on it. Okay. Or and it may and it may um unsell Jay on it. Frankly, <laughs> we'll see. Jay loves but, MCP. If it's anything yeah. like MCP, I do love MCP. The the way I would describe Shatterpoint is that every activation you make is like activating your force user on key positions on turn six in the most complicated key positions game you've ever played everything you you do in the game feels like that Mm. Hmm. interesting and it's if you like that sort of thing i do um i think you will enjoy it very much if you don't like that sort of thing i think you will enjoy it a lot less than other people um 
And I think I know both of you well enough to know what the answer is to <laughs> <laughs> that question. Is. Well, not playing this game. Just going to throw this all in the garbage. <laughs> yeah, I do enjoy that. I do enjoy that. I think I think I would miss. Uh, I like also all the Joe Schmo units supporting that guy. I like I like doing random little things with the Joe Schmo units, and I like I like good. angles. I like you know the positioning on a six by three board. Not that there is angles. Angles on it. matter a lot in this game more so okay. than they ever did or ever had ever did or ever or currently do in Legion. Um, they matter far more in in Shatterpoint. To, to uh because um basically the way that force push works in Shatterpoint is that um it's uh drawn in a straight line between you and your target and if they go directly backwards they go directly backwards and more importantly when you force push something or it's not just force push there are a bunch of effects that do this it's called a shove um when you shove you also move directly forwards in a line towards your target um, or you have the option to mm -hmm. um and and if there's something that um impedes their movement in that direct line they they immediately stop um and that could be another character or a wall or whatever but you can not also, cliffs you could push not them off cliffs. cliffs you can shove them off cliffs yeah it's really <laughs> great um so uh and and the entire thing um it's interesting because it, it's like not to like go back and beat a horse that i assume you guys have beat to death um but a lot of things that they have kind of taken out of legion um i feel like are actually a large part of this game and that like positioning really, really matters in this mm. game to a degree that uh i was not expecting after the changes they made to legion mm. um frankly um yeah, because they definitely made positioning matter a lot less than Legion. Hundred percent, so. not close. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah, and they matter. They matter much more in this game, in in a way that is uh, uh, that is good, but it is very complicated. Um, okay, well, maybe I'd like it. I'll have to try it next time. We're oh god, in, in this in the same. This whole podcast is going under. Oh, it's really? all gonna. It's you, you're gonna move right over to the Shatterpoint podcast. I love I love the minis in Shatterpoint. The minis are incredible. They are. Yeah. Beautiful, they are very good for sure i do think um uh, just from a complexity aspect like it is uh far less approachable than legion is for for that very reason i think um i i'm like 10 to 12 games in and it is still overwhelming and i feel like i'm generally pretty good at complex games um and there are just so many options all the time and there are so many like ongoing effects that like yeah. there's a lot of like if if you guys are familiar with magic there's like it's kind of like you just have like six to seven creatures with like onboard effects that like trigger when certain things happen and like yeah. if you if you don't know your card super well you like miss the effects and like um you know, in a way where like in Legion, like like I activate my unit, <laughs> do, 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 do. I move up and do, 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 and I shoot. And like sometimes there's stuff that interacts, but like overall, like when you activate a unit in Legion, it's like very independent of everything else that's going on, unless you're like playing clones or something. Um, yeah, so I like clones, but whatever. I think in that way, MCP gets like that because, you know, you you have a turn. And you can attack twice, you can move twice, you can move attack, but then you have all these superpowers 
So, like, literally, if you have enough power built up on a character like Hulk, for example, like, I could literally be going, I could have, like, five, seven different things that I'm doing all in a turn, damaging this guy, throwing this guy, pushing that one, uh, hitting this one, moving up, jumping, you know, like, there's, yeah, so I could definitely see that with Shatterpoint. And that, that was the thing, like... When we, when we came back from Adepticon, we did a live stream of the Fifth Tile podcast, and I had one of the guys from uh, Professional Casuals on, and, I, and we were talking about Shatterpoint and our demo, and it, I was like, even with their scripted demo, I was still like, oh, I'm missing a lot. Like, I'm still not fully comprehending what the hell just happened in, in that scripted demo, you know? Like, and so, yeah, and that's, I think, besides wanting to paint up, the minis um yeah that's the thing that's been kind of keeping me from it for for really getting it on the table it's just like i don't think i'm mentally ready to like put this it's, on the, you know it's a lot your first game if you play it through and try to play it correctly will be at least three hours um i, I would say that like um one of the things that i had expected was that it was going to be a much maybe not much shorter game but it was going to be like shorter game to put on the table it was going to be more like oh we've got an hour and a half we could play a game of shatterpoint mm -hmm. i don't think that's what this is after playing it hmm. interesting a dozen times yeah what makes you say that you don't think it could be necessarily competitive because it sounds like it has a lot of interesting nuance to it so um a lot of the positional stuff um is really cool and there's a lot of angles and stuff but whenever you try to do a lot of that sort of thing. So there are a lot of like um, MCP-esque effects uh, that Jay kind of alluded to where you can like spend power in, in Shatterpoint. You've got force. They're very similar concepts. Um, you, get, you get them in different ways in each game, but overall you spend them to do like abilities on your character. However, most of the actual movement and stuff um, comes from being as a, a result of your attacks um mm. i'm sure that you guys have seen the like kind of like elaborate talent tree looking yeah. like damage things um and basically like how far you can move an, an opponent or like how you can manipulate your opponent is often um a result of the of the damage and roll and the saves uh and you can't really plan for that super well so there's when, just there's just a lot of randomness and variance it doesn't feel like randomness and variance when you're when you're playing and that like uh, you can kind of expect certain results but there are just so many options and so many like i guess uh branching decision paths that um if the game is competitive i don't feel like the number of people that will be able to play it at a high level will be large in scale. Hmm. Interesting. Um, that makes sense. Yeah. Uh, like uh, the thing with MCP is it's played competitively, right? But like there's so much variance and things that are going on on the board that like you can even bring the best team, you can prepare for everything, but your dice variance can go 
skyrocket in either way and just and none of it you're like oh so basically everything i just did the list that i built like all the thought i put into this it didn't matter because hulk came in and just like smashed my face and i like i rolled nothing you know and that's yeah and and i think shatterpoint looks like that on the surface but i guess what i'm trying to say is that um i think there is a lot of Mm. like a like a a very very things that look like variants but i from what i've kind of gathered at this point is that there are actually like results you can get to you just like in order to do it you have to do a lot of math you have to know a lot like it's it's like a lot of things you have to understand properly in order to like know what the expected outcome of any given action you take is going to be um this sounds like a great competitive game i don't know what you're talking about <laughs> i i mean i think uh, I, everything somebody, you're saying is only like getting me more i know interested in i know I mean, I, the worst part is i didn't even prep this, this cell. <laughs> um i but um yeah i mean uh i've been talking to to matt bronson a lot of, about it he's very into it um i think people are gonna um, yeah, I, I I definitely think people that are like kind of like minded in the way that, you know, like super high tier competitive Legion players tend to be, I think, I think are going to like the game for sure. I just, um, I, I'm not sold that it's, I, I hope that it is cool enough that the people that are, that don't feel that way about Legion are able to like get past what I perceive to be a barrier to entry. You think it's it's too complex to make it accessible enough to actually have a large enough competitive scene? I think like yes. I I, th- I think that if you were to bring this game to most gaming groups, um, including some that we're a part of, they would be immediately put off by how complicated this game is. Okay, interesting. Yeah, one of the things I always liked about Legion was that um, the actual like base actions you take and the base way that the, the rules interact with those actions was actually incredibly simple. Yeah, and that it was just the um, you know the things like positioning and like other small decisions that you make along the way that kind of added up to make it like an actual very high skill cap game, um, but not in a way that like you know the 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 initial barrier as far as like the knowledge dump that you would need to get it on the table and start rolling dice and stuff was pretty low um it had that nice like scaling effect where you could you could get into it with a pretty low mental load but then like the more time you spent on it the more you realized that it was actually like a lot of interesting and complex nuance with the positioning and stuff like that yeah i think this is very much the reverse um yeah i I think it kind of it gets easier to play as you like figure out that there's like all these complicated decisions that you have to make that aren't really that complicated, but they look insanely complicated. And that's just because there is so many of them. Okay. Interesting. Well, this Shatterpoint podcast brought right? to you by now. <laughs> no, I'm glad we had that conversation because I have been uh, sort of interested from the outside, but I have not had enough like, time frankly um to properly like invest the effort to um yeah like dive in in a way that would would allow me to properly assess whether i want to play it or not so well you let me know and i will kick your butt anytime 
<laughs> I'm sure that that's, I have no doubt that's exactly what You're probably going to get like two. <laughs> and then Kyle, Kyle <laughs> go into calculator mode. I don't know. I don't know. Super calculator mode. Uh, as, uh, as much as our competitive like on-stream games might beg to differ, I think Kyle and I are, are much closer to a 0.5 win-loss ratio. <laughs> uh, than, uh... <laughs> I've definitely lost more games to you than I have to anyone else. Yeah. In Legion. Yeah. So. Um, All right. I, I can give him a run for his money. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. <laughs> I, I agree with that take. Yeah. Um. All right. Well, you guys have any final thoughts? Shadowpoint, Ewoks, Dark Troopers. Good to, good to be back. This, is, yeah, this has been fun. This has yep. been fun. Yep, definitely. Heck uh, yeah. All right. Well, we are the Notorious Scouters. I'm Kyle. I'm Jay. And I am Mike. Stay fresh, cheese bags. Stay cool, fruit, Matt. I don't got anything. <laughs> Stay cool, fruit, Matt. What is? Yeah. What are you doing? <laughs> mm-hmm. Since you've been. Yeah. Since you've been gone. (laughs) (laughs) Fair enough. You guys hear that? What? No. That was thunder. Crazy thunder. Yeah. Uh, Nice. Uh, All right. Well, if I go away. Um.